Those are the voices of children at the Durumi IDP camp in Abuja, suffering from overcrowding, to poor sanitary and living conditions, and even sexual and gender-based violence. The help needed by people in the IDP camp are way more than the government can provide. You're welcome to The Bearing. I am Lilian Ogazi. According to the United Nations High Commissioner for Refugees, UNHCR, there are over 2.9 million internally displaced persons in the northeastern Nigeria, and of this, many of them are children. The living condition of the IDPs is terrible. From complete unsanitary conditions to poor health care and lack of even basic education for the children. Whose responsibility? Is it to look after the internally displaced? Dr. Kabir Said Sufi shares his thoughts with us. It's not only the responsibility of the governments. I think uh, it's the responsibility of all. Um, by, by all, I mean, um, I mean uh, the, the governments uh, of, of, at all levels, uh, federal, state, local governments, um, I mean, uh, um, and of course, uh, international donor organizations, uh, non-governmental organizations, community-based organizations, uh, I mean, individuals, uh, and of course, uh, not only the wealthy, I mean, all associations, all organizations, I mean, it's, it's, it should be the responsibility of all uh, to, to come to the aid of, of the, the internally displaced, um, especially those in the camps. Uh, and uh, I think um, uh, they really uh, deserve to be uh, taken care of, uh, especially looking at uh, the conditions of the camps. With the responsibility of taking care of the IDPs left solely in the hands of the government and a few NGOs, international bodies and charities, how well are they being taken care of? What roles can individuals play, especially the well-to-do, play? Do they play that role? Let's follow Hawa Kulu Mohammed to the Durumi Area 1 IDP camp in Abuja, where she talks to some internally displaced persons. My name is Amira. Do people get help from individuals aside from the government? Yes, we do. What kind of help? Like fruit, fruit trough, water. I'm building of schools, an health center. Yes, there's an health center. Yes, there is in Dawa. It's education, like primary education and secondary education. Oh, my name is Paul. Yeah. So, do people get help from individuals aside from the government? Yeah, so I guess all these churches and some most some big men within the country help. Okay. Yeah. Like which kind of help do they have? Do they bring from? All they help with food now, all those stuff, food and all this cloth. Mm. What do you want when you eat the steak from now? What do they never have the way you want me to steak food? No, no, we don't have any problem apart of all this food now. Okay, so now food you want me to bring from? Yes, that's all. Yes, that's all. You don't want me to come put children for school, or me to build school for you? Yes, if we go get that one, it's very good now. School, yeah. Mm. And what about that? Yes, we and also also have that problem of water. Okay. 
My name is Yakubu Ibrahim Wariga. Yes, we do get help from individuals. Some will visit the camp, even with the little they have, they will take it to the office and call the women in terms of food. They will come, women will go there and collect it from them. And for our children that are coming up, that's on the nursery stage and the primary stage. So there is a place they call Camp David down there near Dagua River. So that man, our children are going there for school, which is free education. That one too is a help, which is a very great help in terms of me personally. I take that the most important help we are getting from people, which is not from government. So, and then that's in terms of help, which we are getting from people. Do you people still need more help? Like what do you people really need more? Okay, so the help we want from people, uh, our youth, that are some of them are graduate, some are diplomas, have diploma certificate, some are NCE graduates, so, and most of them are jobless, and which they don't have a way out to have a job. So this one too is a very great need for us. If there is a way, government or private organization, whatever it may come from, so we may need that help. And you can see our environment here. You can see where we are living. We do live in batches. So where we are sleeping is not safe place. So if there is any way government can do or anybody can do to help us do our environment very well, where we can sleep very well, we still need that help. And in terms of our latrines, that's our toilets, this one too, we still need help because some of us are going into the bush to urinate or to defecate. So this one too is a need for us as a help. So those are the things that I may think we need the most. And some of our children that are going out, because this place, school that I'm talking about before, is only nursery primary. So when our children graduate from this primary, they may need help in terms of scholarship to take them to the secondary level. And I believe some are in the secondary now, which their parents may not even afford for their school fees unlike the one we was in the village because in the village it's just like free education even if it is secondary school we do not pay much school fees like that but here in abuja as a refugee so it's a very hard for our uh, parents to afford for their school fees for secondary school my name is honest Yakum. honest yes okay do you people get help from people from individuals aside from the government me i don't see help I don't see help at all. And people don't tell you they get help from people, like they bring things for people. They get now, they sit and they bring and they eat, but not be me. Why? And now women and children, they take care of them, not be youngest like us. You are listening to The Bearing. We'll be going on a quick break and when we return, the show continues. Do stay. For the big 
trendy and impactful stories of the day. Treated inside out with in-depth analysis to give you insight into the issues that matter. The issue of injustice needs to be addressed. We are going into hell. Why are you sending your child? Why are you, are you that poor? Are you that hungry? No, we are not practicing any democracy in Nigeria. They don't deal with us well, well. Trust us on Nigeria Daily, a daily podcast from Daily Trust to bring to you the news behind the news. So listen in, log into our website at dailytrust.com or on bossprout.com. You can also listen in on Spotify and TuneIn Radio. Follow up on Instagram and Twitter at Daily Trust and on Facebook at Daily Trust. You're welcome back. If you're just tuning in, you are listening to The Bearing. Jack London once said, A bone to the dog is not charity. Charity is the bone shared with the dog when you are just as hungry as the dog. Leaving the IDPs to the government alone to cater for is like sitting on a time bomb because their needs might not be fully met. And you have younglings who would eventually grow into hating the society. It goes beyond giving money for things that would perish. By that, I mean what inspired Barrister Zana Mustafa, the director and founder of Future Paris Foundation, to change the lives of children in IDP camps. Well, the foundation is set up to give supportive service to orphans and vulnerable children ravaged by this insurgency. But what may interest you more is that the foundation was set up in 2007. And then the insurgency crept up in 2009. So we have two years gap in between our own setting of the foundation and then the insurgency. Okay. So what we had in mind then was we give supportive service to orphan children that are prodigiously working in the street who could not have access to education. That is why we set the foundation to give such children the education. So in 2009, a lot of children whose parents were killed were cast on the streets because there is no way they can access education. So instead of leaving that, we now felt we can equally give them that education. And that was what informed our decision of setting up the foundation. So far you have like how many uh, children or orphans that were yeah. supposed to be ravaging in the street but you have them camped in your, your school future prowess. So what happened actually is that in 2007 when we started we started with only 36 orphans. So when it came to 2009 we added number to make the number 300 so because i'm in doing that we didn't see the tendency of the children because when the boko haram insurgency crop up a lot of these boko haram elements were killed and in the process the security forces they fight also had losses on their side and all these children were also formed in the school to be working on so that the two of them are put in the school 
so that they can also get out of the foundation. And that was what informed. And all those there are other children that are part of it. And these are also people that are caught up in the listen. So the sole aim was to have all the orphans being supported in that. And the third category, which where the fourth category, which are currently in the schools, are my own biological children. My own biological children went to the same school. Okay. And the children of all the directors of this foundation are also in the school, including teachers, poor teachers. And just this is done purely to be seen, to be given an equal opportunity. If we can equally do it for our own children, we can also equally do it for the orphans. So there's no sort of there's a that is inclusive institution. We are playing an inclusive institution. Yes. And that is to take the stigma of these children. Because when you carry all orphans and put them in one place, then there is sort of a stigma that carries along with them. So for now, yeah. you have like how many orphans that are in your school free? We have over 2,000 of them. There are 2,018 currently in the school. And about 3,000 of them have graduated out of the future progress. When they graduate, mm-hmm. is it a primary, including secondary or only primary school? We have primary school, junior secondary, and senior secondary. Okay. So those yeah. that have graduated from secondary school, uh, is yeah. there any plan for them to further or you allow them to go sort themselves no, out? No, 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 no. We, not only that, you know, we collaborate with other NGOs for them to get scholarship or we go for institutions that offers scholarship for orphans and others for them to liberate on that to get it. And what we do here is that some of them have even graduated from the university. So some of them are in the final year and some of them are in tertiary institution. All these things, we take care of them through active collaboration with other NGOs. That was how we were able to do it. Okay. Uh, Finally. Yeah. On a final note, what are you going to tell other Nigerians and government concerning coming to the aid of those that are vulnerable? Well, the issue is one. We should either keep them on as our own children and find them worthy by giving them education that we give our own children. Our children would only dwell with other children in the streets. Whom we should not give. If we do not give education to children that are roaming the street, the prodigious number of orphans that are on the street, our own children, biological children, will not find a cohabitation to stay with these orphans outside. Because there is a lot of barriers. We can create an inclusive institution where we train everybody that matters. That was Barrister Zana Mustafa, the director and founder of the Future Paris Foundation. Most people would say that charity is always good, but not for everyone. Some argue that charity is sometimes some argue that charity is sometimes carried out badly or less well than it should be. While others think that charity can bring bad results even when it is well implemented. Why do some people not believe in charity? Bill Kisu Ahmed speaks with Dr. Kabiru Said Sufi, a public affairs analyst, on this. 
Yes, it has been observed that the wealthy or the well-to-do in the society are not really contributing to the welfare of the IDPs, especially in comparison to other groups of needies. I think uh, this is largely uh, due to a number of factors. One, the uh, belief by uh, some of the rich and the wealthy that uh, the IDP camps are usually uh, created by the governments. So uh, they believe that uh, it, it is squarely the responsibility of the government. And then secondly, there are those that do not know the enormity and the magnitude of the problem. Um, they do not really know the number of IDPs. They do not really know how the IDPs are being catered for. Uh, they do not really know the challenges uh, being faced by the IDPs in the camps. Uh, so largely because uh, the governments uh, that have the camps uh, do not really want the issue to be overexposed uh, and because the governments believe that they are trying their best. Uh, so, so because of that, uh, not many people know the conditions of the IDPs in the IDP camps. Thirdly, uh, people think uh, that there are so many stakeholders involved. Uh, so some of the rich and the wealthy uh, think that there are so many stakeholders involved and maybe think uh, that uh, well, those efforts are, are somehow enough, uh, especially when one looks at the activities of um, international donor organizations. Um, people believe that uh, whenever they see the vehicles of those uh, or the officials of those international donor organizations, uh, then they, they will think uh, all is well. Uh, IDPs and IDP camps increasing and why? Uh, yes, I, I think um, uh, IDPs and IDP camps are increasing in the country uh, and especially in some other parts of the country that have not been uh, witnessing uh, the proliferation of uh, IDP camps are now seeing uh, the emergence of IDP camps largely due to uh, security threats. Uh, and in some cases too, uh, um, more recently, uh, we have seen uh, I mean, floods uh, displacing people uh, in, in other parts of the country. So, so one can say that yes, um, IDPs and IDP camps are increasing in the country. What is the way forward when it comes to the welfare of the IDPs? What can be done to diffuse this ticking bomb? Uh, I think um, uh, they really uh, deserve to be uh, taken care of, uh, especially looking at uh, the conditions of the camps. And uh, um, at, that, at the same time, I think uh, efforts should be made uh, to make sure that uh, these people have uh, the conditions for them to go back to their own respective uh, places are also put in place. Um, those people are not there uh, because they want to be there. All of them uh, want uh, a situation whereby uh, everything will improve and they will go back to their respective uh, homes. Uh, so, so I think uh, they really need to be taken care of by all and sundry. Everybody, all stakeholders uh, should uh, contribute to uh, the general well-being of the IDPs uh, and of course uh, and the general condition of the IDP camps. That was Dr. Kabiru Said Sufi. According to Babatunde Osotimen, Executive Director of the UN Population Fund, and I quote, Every day, we see stories of migrants and refugees escaping violence, discrimination, disaster, mass at often unwelcoming borders, risking their lives in leaky boats on deadly seas for the chance of a better life, and safer life. Like so many of the challenges the world faces, this is a universal problem requiring a collective, coherent response, 
because it is more and more clear that we're all in the same boat and there is no quick fix. We need to solve the problems that have led to this. Let's all choose humanity. All human deserves opportunity to quality education, livelihood, and self-care. With that, we'll come to the end of this episode of The Bearing. Thank you so much for listening. A big thank you to Bilkisu Ahmed, Awa Suleiman and Awa Kulu, and Hawa Kulu Mohammed, and to everyone that contributed to make this program successful. The Bearing is a Daily Trust production, and you can download this and other episodes on dailytrust.com and on boardsprouts.com. You can also listen or download on Google Podcasts, Spotify, and TuneIn Radio. If you have questions or comments or suggestions of topic you would like us to talk about, let us know on our social media handles on Twitter and Instagram at daily underscore trust and on Facebook at daily trust. Bye for now. Mm-hmm.